Hey everyone, welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. My name is Pastor Jonathan. I am here with Pastor Joel. Hello. And we are going to be talking about the voting episode in What the Flock. Man, we just heard a bunch of information and talked about a bunch of stuff that I believe has never been talked about anywhere else. So if you have not listened to the voting episode in What the Flock, give it a listen. But right now we're going to break down that episode because we want to help you help the people who have been hurt in the church by the topic of voting. So let's get into it. Um, Pastor Joel, like right off the bat, we started talking about voting and voting in the church, which I hadn't really even considered. Right. Is that this there's also an implication with all of this in relation to what is going on with people having positions in the church and running for offices and all of that. So there's that whole other, you know, political thing that's going on in the church. Right. And we were like, <laughs> I appreciated you were kind of like, well, let me, let me, let's just reel this in to voting in terms of for our country. Right. So it is a little different. Because most of our most of our episodes are rooted in the context within the church. Well, we did see that this actually does cause damage in the church, but what we talked about for most of the episode was the context outside of the church. So I do love how everything we talked about is essentially going to be an unconscious confrontation to these congregational run churches, which is cool. Um. Because I would hope that everything, if we're talking about this at the right level with, with our conjunctives and at the principal level, then I hope that all the advice we give, even about governmental voting, would, or like the, the country politics, would apply in the church level too. And that's why I love that this episode is about voting right, and not politics. Yes. So ex- yeah. like... What's the difference? Why why is this not polit? Why is this voting and not politics? So I considered that um, because politics is such an issue that has caused damage in the church, but it's such a big issue with so many different topics that it essentially would be like it would be like us saying let's just do one topic on repair in the church. So the point of what we're what we're doing with these podcasts is we're trying to help. Yes, we're trying to help people repair the damage they've experienced in church. We're trying to help leaders right. be able to help people who've been hurt by the church. Yep. And we're doing that through all these different contexts. Politics is just way too big of an, of an issue where we can talk about voting and it has implications in politics. Which actually then it, it does apply to politics that way, but it would have just been way too big of an issue to wrestle. And it essentially would have been like, it would have like ended our po- our podcast. Like, like us doing, instead of doing all these different episodes of different topics within the church, mm. politics being an, um, an umbrella over which there's a lot of different topics, ah, it would okay. be like us doing, okay, well... If we're going to touch a topic as big as politics, why not just do one episode for our entire podcast and just do one episode on fixing the damage in the church? So people who've been hurt by church, um, if when you do start helping them in relation to the topic of voting, 
It's our encouragement to you to not chase a flare about politics. Right, right. We want to keep the topic related to voting. Yeah. Because voting is a part of politics and politics are a part of a lot of things. That's how someone who's been damaged by church can treat the situation. Well, that's connected to this. That's connected to this. That's connected to this. And for all of you, you know, um, you know, big or small picture people out there, when someone has a big picture connection to some other political thing, when you're talking about voting, it's going to be essential for you to keep the focus on voting. So that's a, that's absolutely what Pastor Richard Tater tried doing to us. You see how what he did is he wanted to talk politics. And what how so? We, how so? He talked about a policy within a candidate's policy, like what their entire political platform would be. And he said, if you vote, vote pro-life or you're a baby murderer. So what he essentially did is he shot a flare out. And, right. and this isn't about voting anymore. Now it's about whether or not abortion is right. Aha. He took it to a completely different topic. Okay. And it, and you and I did a good job just being just hearing him, right? What do we do in that case? It's like, great, thanks for sharing. Uh, it seems like Richard Tater's on the side of the strict side. He wants you to vote for a certain candidate with a certain policy in mind. But what he does is he implies this you support baby murderers if you're not voting pro-life. But it's like, wait a minute. The current election isn't about pro-life or pro-choice. It's a presidential election. So him throwing that, he I'm not saying it shouldn't account for what we decide on who we vote for, if we vote. But what he did is he made it the priority and he made the conversation not about voting anymore, but about whether or not you're a baby murderer. Oh, that is right. spectacular. Wow. So let's let's hang on this limitation perspective because one of the things that I really liked, Pastor Joel, is that very clearly, and I hope that you guys heard this too, very clearly Pastor Joel was showing two limitations. Vote and my candidate. Right, right. So right there, whenever we're dealing with someone who has a limitation perspective, whenever they're in that strict perspective, they are going to present a limit two limitations, and then there is a contradiction right. that you can expose. And that's where we see the people. They they may these people may be hard to determine because they may just encourage you to vote, but then as the conversation continues, if you continue to talk. And you get down to what candidate you vote for. These are the people who who will start debating and get defensive and start getting frustrated or maybe even angry at you if you're voting for someone different than they are. There you go. And then one of the things that I really liked is this in this in the defense strategy against someone who is limitation focused is. You use this passage, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Right. And one of the things that I was noticing in that moment was that, is to ask someone, is it the law 
that I vote. Right. That yeah, that's a great point. Because that's isn't that Jesus's point? Right. Rendering to Caesar what a Caesar's is following the law. Right. And he does like like yeah, let's pay let's pay the temple tax, right? And let's let's do these things and and you know, Jesus wasn't going against the governmental laws. Which it isn't wait, am I gonna get arrested if I don't vote? Exactly. Right. So if not, then I'm not I'm not abusing the law. And so Pastor so this is awesome. So Pastor Richard Tater, it's not a law. Right. How does he how would someone like that make you feel like it is a law? By intimidating you. Where it's like, you know, so Pastor Richard Tater comes on and he's like, You're supporting baby murderer. You're you're supporting baby murder. So it, it's essentially he's like making it feel like Well, murder's a law. Yeah. And so you're breaking it, it, the law. Right, right. Whether whether that policy <laughs> is a law or breaking the law or not, the implication he turns it into is well, no one agrees with murder. So you're a baby murderer if you don't. You're not following, yeah, and you're not yeah. following the Ten Commandments, right? And you're, yeah, you're evil, right? Huge flare. It is. So okay, and then I had this question for you, PJ. The loose freedom perspective. Did you? Uh, sorry, did you have anything that you wanted to talk about in the limitation? Anything that you wanted to commentate on? Nope. With the limitation, because um, I, you think there was something. You said beginning. you said, t tell me about that. Like, you presented this perspective about being a citizen of heaven or your country. So, in the defense strategy, yeah, one of the one of the defenses here is is really it, it kind of takes this whole being subject to the governing body verse. And flips it on its head. Where it's like, well, wait, there's other verses though. Like, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar. Or, I'm actually a citizen of heaven. That expose a contradiction in the meaning behind these. Because one of the things, well, wait a minute. These verses that tell us to follow the laws of the land. Or to be, subject ourselves to the governing bodies. Or to lift up in prayer and intercession the kings and the authorities that we're under. Why? Well, Paul talks about the reason we ought to follow the laws of the land isn't because the laws of the land are good and holy, like God's law was. It's because if I'm in prison, my ministry is limited. Ah. Uh. So the reason behind follow the laws of the governing bodies that you're under is like, Pastor Jonathan, you might want to go the speed limit. Or you might not want to drink and drive. Or you might not want to, you know, break these other American or state laws. Why? Because if you rack up enough of them, you might go to jail. Or, you know, there may be some other punishments on you. And if you're in jail, that may get in the way of the ministry that God has for you. Dude, that's great. So that's Paul. So even those verses, ultimately, these defense strategies are trying to get the person who is throwing these limitations at you mm -hmm. to explain themselves. And what we're seeing time and time again, the right defense strategy, what it does is it exposes the contradiction that we know they do have. Like you said, this person, they have two limitations. 
hopefully the questions we're asking is exposing that contradiction. Man. One of the things I found the fascinating through the What the Flock episode, though, is really the the impl- like really the the way this all ended and what I see is really cool. This big unconscious confrontation to anybody who listens is going to be at the very least this. I need to be informed and I need to be open to something that I don't necessarily believe to be true. And I think if if I'm informed and if I'm open to other perspectives, then that's really going to help me get to this place where I'm I'm balanced and more in the conjunctive side of things. And one of the things that, for me, that is convicting in what you just said is the fact that I need to be open and researching politics. I need to be open. You, right. you had a great point about being open. So for those who say, well, I don't vote, I'm a citizen of heaven, I'm not focusing on that. Are you saying that God doesn't want you to be informed at all? So or that... are you even considering that you should know what's going on? Like, like Paul, that. where it's like, are we informed enough to pray? Yeah. So what you've just done there, what I see is you've you've brought to light what we could consider another version of the loose perspective. Mm. So we have this loose perspective, the the freedom side that's like, just vote. And these are the, you know, I remember back, I don't know, maybe it's like eight or 16 years ago now <clears throat> when the voter die campaign was really popular oh and all these God. celebrities were wearing these white t-shirts with big, black bold letters that said vote or die Mm. and i remember one very famous celebrity was very vocal in this campaign of vote or die and it is this i don't care who you vote for just vote well there's a there was a famous celebrity who was very vocal in this campaign who then like front page news the day after the election was such and such celebrity didn't even vote they did the vote or die campaign, but they never voted themselves. Oh wow! And it's just like, okay, this is just this is the loose side. But what you're, but what you just brought up is another way this loose perspective or the freedom side could be is I'm just not going to vote at all. Right. Where it's like, well, wait a minute. Should I at least be open to it? So, because where where that could go is, are you saying it wouldn't be? God wouldn't want you to vote? Are you saying God wouldn't want you informed? Are you saying there's n- that it would be wrong to vote? Or it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't feel great about those answers. Yeah, there's zero value to being informed right. about any of it. Yeah, even if I do want to pray for the kings and authorities I'm under, it would be a good idea for me to be informed. Yeah. Plus, as leaders and of people and trying to help people, whether I vote or not, doesn't matter when I'm trying to help other people who do. There you go. Which is another reason why it'd be good for me to be informed so I can help other people who share or maybe hold beliefs that I don't necessarily hold myself. And for people who are more informed about politics, again, it does provide a connection. Right. It does provide a way to be able to talk and learn about other people and and what they believe. So why... Why in this episode did we present the perspective of, so with the strict perspective, vote and for my candidate, 
And then the freedom perspective, you said vote for whoever you want. Just make sure you vote. Why did we do that versus not voting at all? Well, I think because the people we're trying to help, the damage that's happened in the church has happened by people saying vote, vote, vote. It hasn't been, like people aren't being damaged necessarily by saying, but the people who don't vote. Usually the people who don't vote aren't campaigning to not vote. So we don't... <laughs> okay, that so, makes so much sense. So we don't yeah. necessarily experience damage from the non-voters. It is these people... So we chose the the side of this this freedom, the loose side of what would be the... the what would be the the side of this or the the loose perspective that would have caused the most damage in the church that makes sense or the most damage just in the country and it is again it's think with social media especially i'm on social media and mm -hmm. it's like it it feels like all the celebrities i follow some actors and stuff like that that i'm a fan of it feels like more than half of their posts lately coming up to the 2020 election are about reg registering to vote. Don't forget to register to vote. Voting has already begun. It doesn't start on, what is it, November, whatever, 10th or 9th. I'm not informed. <laughs> not either, man. I'm looking at you like, what, what, what do you want from me? But because of the, because of the pandemic, because of the virus that shall not be named, right. um, what the government has done is opened up like this um, absentee ballots, this online registering has been open for a long time already. So what I'm seeing, I'm seeing this just bombardment of encouragement of registering to vote, 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 vote. I'm seeing a lot of advertisements for the two main candidates mm -hmm. equally. Mm. But what I'm seeing more than what I'm seeing the most of more than I'm seeing ads of the candidates is vote, 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 register to vote. Don't forget to vote, 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 which is the very, it's the freedom side. They don't, it's not even about who you're voting for. So the, what happens when people are too, they spend too much. Well, here's what's interesting is that, People on the freedom side are putting a limitation on everyone else. Like nice. I, right? Yeah. I want to say to you that you should vote and you have to vote. And if you don't vote, you're not supporting our country. You're not. And I feel like the message is the same on both sides. If you don't vote and then vote for this candidate, you're a baby murderer or you are you know, a bad person don't care about the country. Right. Don't care about America staying a Christian nation or free, whatever. Or maybe even you're a racist. You right, know? exactly. Yeah. And then the other side is just vote because it's important to vote. Both sides are just providing a limitation on people. Right. So what do you think we're going to see in this election, especially with the, the with what's going on in our culture and our society with the pandemic and all of that, like, what do you think we're going to see? I think we're, we have the potential of seeing a lot of chaos, no matter what the result is, because P 
people are so alarmingly on either side of the conjunctive. Yeah. And and the problem the problem that's actually one of the reasons that we wanted to do this episode as soon as like I don't know if if we would even have done a voting episode if it mm. wasn't for the current state of of where we're at in our culture. And because I'll say it, the fact that we're doing this episode gives you some insight into what I think is going to happen as a result of this election, regardless of who's voted for, because of the way our country has handled the chaos of 2020 up until now. I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel for either candidate that's Mm. popular right now. I see one side of the conjunctive feeling happy in the short term that their candidate got elected. And I see all the people on the other side. I I don't know, like scary options of what could happen in our culture because of that. And I think it's, I think what's so cool about this episode is what we're doing is presenting the perspective. Cause you and I, what's cool that the benefit of us not being informed is we really don't have a bias about either candidate right now Mm-mm. or either side that's going to end up getting, getting yeah. elected which does help us be able to be more objective when we're presenting this information because we aren't talking about candidates. We're talking about what's the right way to handle people on either side of this conjunctive. What's the way to handle people? Because these strict people, what are they going to sound like after the election? These loose people, what are they going to sound like after the election? And the information that we're given now is mm-hmm. the same information on how we handle these people later, too. So this doesn't just help us now before the election. This is going to help us deal with it during the election and deal with people after the election, too. How do you think we should handle them when all of a sudden their their candidate wins or their candidate loses? Because I think it's going to be polarizing. Right. So the people who win, if they're happy... Let them, like, I don't know, let them be happy. That's fine. If they're not coming at me, like, if they're like, I told you so, I told you he'd win, it's like, well, what's my response to that is to to do some defensive strategies. Like, you told me what? Like, what do you mean? Ask them questions about that. The 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 side I'm con- most concerned about is the people who made move into, from animal to destructive thought process. Okay. These people who are triggered and start um, maybe rioting, and and who knows. My advice to anybody who's around a person who's triggering and who is in a destructive thought process is to get away from that person. Nice. You do not have to and shouldn't interact with a person who's in a destructive thought process. Yeah. But when they're in the animal thought process, maybe before they trigger... Before they get into destructive, the way we interact with those people, even after the election, maybe the people who are bummed out that their candidate didn't win, we react, we interact with them the same way as we do before. We interact with them through unconscious confrontation. Perfect. So it's just asking them, you know, if they're talking down on you or saying, you know what, if you would have voted, this wouldn't have happened. Again, it's just, so you're telling me that me voting would have made or 
would make or break this the election. You know, it's just flipping pronouns or or flipping onto the talking to their unconscious brain. That's cool. And then if someone's can who's logical, their candidate loses. What we could help them do is we could help them argue a perspective, how that candidate that they didn't vote for could actually be a benefit. Yeah. If they're in that spot where they're they're actually being logical, those are the people it's like, yeah, well, we can actually have a healthy conversation here. Yeah. But the best way to be healthy <laughs> yeah. is why don't you argue for the other can't argue for how this could be a good thing that this person won. Yeah. Just to help even if people are in that, you know, low self-esteem spot before they go get into destructive to ask them, hey, let me just, can can I hear you argue that? Because right. I do, I feel like this is going to be really nasty. I saw a couple people um, before church last night with big flags waving for their candidate. Yeah. And someone saw that who was from the other side and just started to just curse them out. And it was like right on the corner of the busiest street. And I think we're going to have to be ready for that. And I appreciate what you were saying about the destructive thought process. And really, you know, if people are triggering, we need to give them 60 to 90 seconds before interacting with them. Right. Instead of these, what these people were doing is they were just triggering each other. Trigger, 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 trigger as a way to stay high. Yeah. And especially if someone's triggering at me, I have every right to just leave that situation for my own safety. There is no, there is no shame in walking away. I want everyone to feel good about if someone's being destructive and you walk away, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. For both people. Absolutely. You might be helping that person triggering from making a mistake that's going to affect the rest of their life and if and like what you were saying affect their ministry where yeah, they wind up yeah. in jail yep so this uh, let's hit this ultimate answer before we go can you kind of break break that down for us that conjunctive answer yeah so the the conjunctive answer which was tied to the high self-esteem right so we had these these people who vote for a person whoever you want that is a person that is going to benefit whatever their governing body is. So that may be tough. That may be a tough one to get to. I think most people are going to fall into the, the low self-esteem, which is I vote for my candidate because he's part of my party or Mm -hmm. she's part of my party and they have the policies that I'm in agreement with. And there's nothing you can do to change my mind. And I think there's a lot of people doing that. I'd say most people are along that. And I'd say there's a good amount of people who are in the mid-self-esteem who are like, I vote so that I can complain. I vote so that I can debate. And I'm informed about my candidate as to why I appreciate my candidate. I don't think we see many people voting for the high self-esteem. That's according to this ultimate conjunctive answer. I think we see most people most people in the other categories because the implications of the ultimate answer is that I'm fully informed or as informed as I can and I'm choosing the good option objectively. 
Mm-hmm. It's objectively the good, which that's the, if it's objectively the good, that means I've done enough research where I could argue for, I could argue for or against either candidate. And it's not objectively the not bad is what you're saying too. Right. You're not, at no point in this are we saying to vote for someone because you don't want someone else to win. Right. That is not this ultimate answer. And that's where, that's a great Great distinction to make is we are not saying you have to vote for someone. (laughs) And in fact, I'll say this. It's possible that the coming election, that neither candidate would fulfill the ultimate answer. It's possible there might not be a candidate who is objectively good for other people. Ooh. So... But in order to know that, I know for me, if I want, if I had to get to the conclusion where, you know what, the best option for me, the only good option for me is to not vote for someone, I first have to be at least informed enough to know, to know enough about all the candidates to make that decision, to be objective. So you have to have, if you're not going to vote, if you are going to vote, you need to have objective answers for your actions right so for anyone at music of life church that goes i'm not going to vote because pastor joel's not going to vote i'm not going to vote because pastor jonathan's not going to vote where where do they fit that's well that's unfortunate because they're actually putting us up on a pedestal and actually committing idolatry (laughs) right that's unfortunate but that that brings up so what would it require for me to have an objective measure yeah, four yeah, go definitions. Ahead. What does good even mean? Is it good in the short term? Is it good in the long term? Is it gonna create like I need to know good is right and just. Good creates in the long term. So I need to know like there's a lot of like objective requires me to have the right definitions behind all the terms that are being used. So in all the policies these candidates are talking about. Being objective about what they're preaching is maybe having to forget a lot of these candidates are presenting information in a, in a subjective way. Trying to appeal to certain people. And that's why so many of it is these, they blast each other. The candidates don't, they're, they're less likely to advertise the good in their own campaign than they are to advertise the bad in their opponents. Which there, right there, is not objective. There you go. So that's tough. I need to find what is good about these and not, well, this one's better. (laughs) It's not an answer of better. It's an answer of good. And those are two different things. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to reach out. And we look forward to... Hanging out with you guys next time. Take care.